0: Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Last week, I spoke uh, about letting go of who we think we're supposed to be, right? And embracing who God made us to be. And every one of us are so uniquely made. Um, Jeremiah talks about like before you were even formed in mother's womb I have, made, have created you for your glory so and then there was a phrase that I've said that because God cannot bless who we pretend to be right and uh, doesn't want us to fake it he wants us the real us and there was a phrase that I said that it's imp- incredible that it ministered to me that I got stuck and I didn't even have it in my nose but and it's just been stuck and deposited in my spirit. And ever since then, I was like, wow, I just have to keep going. So the phrase uh, said that we give up most for what we want now. That just slipped out. And I would like to unpack that and go back to the story of Jacob and Esau. Um, and as we're aware of what happened with Jacob and Esau, we've kind of been there. But there was a moment, right, about giving up your birthright. And you think that it's such a silly thing. I mean, who would do Uh, such a bad deal so on the surface it was a bad deal and uh, but then I realized I was like wow we we actually do that ourselves we make bad deals all the time and so let's jump right into the scripture again to review Genesis chapter 25 starting with verse 24 when the time came for her so Rebecca to give birth there were twin boys in the womb the first came out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment it's not even, not just when he grew up later and he became hairy, right? I mean, it says he, grew, he came out hairy, so Chewbacca, baby. Um, that, that would freak me out, probably. <laughs> so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob, which means heel grabber and a con man, right? Uh, Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home. <laughs> Try to do a dad joke on that. Content, he's a con man. But he was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from an open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is what they called uh, uh, Edom. So verse 31, Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. It's probably one of the most saddest verses I've read in a long time. So Esau despised his birthright. The title of my sermon is, Don't Take the Bowl, all right? I actually brought a bowl here. My favorite bowl. It's my pho bowl. Those don't know. It's P-H-O, pho, Vietnamese soup. I'm absolutely obsessed. If I was in... (laughs) If I was in the Esau's position, if somebody offered me a bowl of pho, I would actually consider giving up my birthright. Um, those who don't know what pho is Vietnamese soup, it is glorious. And Leigh, Robert's wife, one time surprised me with a whole pot. It was amazing. So don't take the bowl. I think this has to be one of the most worst negotiations in history. Besides, Iran deal probably. That was a pretty bad deal. Um, Esau's birthright meant double the inheritance, right? So when Isaac, when Isaac passed away, and Isaac was just loaded. I mean, he had stuff. And you were thinking, like, what would parents leave me with? A bunch of debt? I mean, so Isaac really had a lot of stuff, obviously. And it was a big deal, but, um, but Esau made an impulsive decision um, just in the, state that he will, in the state that he was. So he gives up his birthright for a bowl of stew. And you're thinking, really, man? <laughs> really? I almost titled this sermon, Come on, man. (laughs) Who would do such a deal? Give up your birthright for a bowl of stew. Really? Um, It's like, I don't know, trading a pen for a Benz or a vehicle, you know? Like, it was such a, not even close, but it was such a bad deal, all right? And so say with me, a bad bad deal. Bad deal, all right. We're going to get engaged today a little bit, all right? And we have all kids together, so I'm glad that we're all taking in the word of the Lord. And I want to give three cautions today that really the Lord laid on my heart. One is beware of mistaking growth for maturity, all right? And I got that based off verse 27. um, The one says that the boys grew up. Uh, Bible means that they matured in age and stature. But it seems like they fall like five-year-olds, really. If you actually listen to it in between, it's like, I'll give you a birthright. No, you give me that bull first. No, I'm going to tell mom. You know, that's what it sounds like. Then I realized they were like in their 60s, right, when this all went down. And um, the Bible says that they grew up. And, and I'm thinking, did they really? Um, <laughs> again, the first warning is beware of mistaking growth for maturity. Uh, even a couple of years back, you know, I, I had this snappy attitude. I, I put on the good face, you know. But if somebody really irritates me, I can, I can snap back. I'm, I've, I worked on myself. I think the Lord really helped me a lot <laughs> by, you know, forgive, using the forgiveness as a tool to set me free. And, uh, but I'm very thankful. But I used to say this phrase all the time, like, I'm a grown man. Anybody said that before? Like, if somebody really got under my skin and they're questioning my integrity, I'd say, I'm a grown man. And, uh some people say that phrase with more adjectives, uh, but I was, you know, using this phrase, I'm a grown man to express a childish behavior, and uh, and I'm thinking, man, we can physically grow up, but not fully develop in our character, and it's incredible that I can say that in my 34, where I was able to overcome my anger and so many things, um, like I said, it's something that you, people wouldn't see usually on the surface, but... When I really came to the Lord, and I really was just like, Lord, I I don't like this. This is who I am. (laughs) I really just came to God like Jacob did. But I'm so glad that I did it then. And so as we're going into the Word of God, just let Holy Spirit minister to you. And He ministers to everybody in different areas of life. So just be prepared to receive the Word. And so I'm thinking some of us are like Esau, right, who became, got good at something, and it said that he became a skillful hunter he became good at what he did but he didn't grow in who he was and so he ended up forfeiting everything he had all right he grew in his skill but not in his character and and I'm really just relating a lot of this stuff to myself because this can happen to any of us right we're growing up but there's certain things we're just like man I still have that since I was a kid that's a bad habit and so the Lord maybe wants to deal with that with you today and uh, let you release that to the Lord. So verse 27, right? The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter. So he got good at killing dinner, but he never got good at controlling his appetite, right? And uh, so again, don't mistake growth for maturity because, and while we're at there, don't, don't mistake age for wisdom, uh, there are some things that even my kids are teaching me, and they're little, and you, I look at it, and I'm like, wow, that was, that was incredible. I need to apply that into my life. Um, I also work at a storage facility, so not long ago, I saw this older gentleman, and he comes in, you know, gets a storage unit and everything like that, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've been married to my old, old lady for like 45 years, and I was like, oh, great. I'm like, you know, what's, what's, what's your secret? And he's just, he's like, just shut up and always say yes you <laughs> know, I'm thinking, that is such a horrible advice, you know, I don't know, a lot of men, a lot of women, or it could work for both, but they shut down who God made them to be, and they're afraid of a conflict, the reality is though, you actually, sometimes you need to get into conflict to embrace, to change, to transform, to mold, but I'm thinking, my goodness, if you just shut up and say, yes, you're just, you don't have your own life to live, You got to somehow develop. That's what forms relationships, right? Arguments, disagreements. So I'm like, just because that guy was married for 45 years doesn't mean that advice was great. I did not take that advice. And I'm like, no, I'm glad I did not do that early on. I'm glad that we persevered and worked through our first couple of years and really just set our foundation in Christ. So, you know, and it can apply to anything. And I want, us to, I want to reference like for money, right? You may have a skill to make money. You, you might become good at making money, but may never develop um, a skill to manage your money. In other words, you don't have the infrastructure for your gift. You have the money, but you're like, uh, I, just, I just got paid. And you're like, where, where, where did it go? And you just sign into your credit card, uh, log in, you're like, oh my goodness, did that already happen in five days? Um, so, it can also happen in relationships. You know, you, you get good at, you know, hunting your friends down, bagging them, you know, but you're bad at returning calls. <laughs> really. And so, um, gardening, right? Uh, I remember not long ago, about bought some strawberries. Not the best time to buy strawberries in the winter, but you, you look at these strawberries, they're almost like, you know, a fist, you, you can fit it in your fist, like a big strawberry. Such a big strawberry, so mature, you think, right? And you taste that, and it's, ugh. It just tastes like cucumber. Um, That can happen, right? So don't mistake growth for maturity. And I really want us to deposit that in our spirit. So ask your neighbor. Let's get engaged a little bit. Say, did you grow up? Cautiously. I only said, did you grow up? I don't know what else you're saying right now. (laughs) I just want us to get engaged. Make sure we don't want to get in the fight, okay? (laughs) cautiously don't mistake growth for maturity and um, I want to contrast in uh, chapter 25 verse 28 says Isaac who had a taste for a wild game loved Esau but Rebecca loved Jacob there's obviously favoritism being played here and uh, we see Isaac as a parent who loves his son you know because he's bringing home the trophies maybe that driven parent who loves his son more for what he does than for who he is and that's what's happening here, and, and but Re- Rebecca obviously loves Jacob more, because right? he's an indoor boy, like, you know, stays close to tents, and she's like, oh, don't worry, you know, about dad, don't worry, you know, about Jacob, he's more like his dad. And she probably was just like, hey, you know, he's hairy, just like his daddy. Don't worry. Look, you just stay close to me. So, but the thing is, they both have skills. Jacob, you know, loves that son more. Rebecca loves Jacob more. So there's obviously a conflict. And God brings us as an example that just like in any other family, there's conflict. There's constant contrast and pulling happening, all right? So Genesis 25, verse 29. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in, uh, in from an open country, famished. And I stopped right there, and I'm like, wow, okay, let's unpack that. And I thought, man, be careful who you talk to when you're vulnerable, when you are, when you are in that state of weakness, all right? Because remember, right, Jacob, he doesn't have necessarily your best interest at heart. Jacob is the heel grabber. <laughs> He's the one that didn't want to let him out. He wanted to be the firstborn, and here he is, Jacob runs, in. he's like, first thing, you know, it doesn't matter who he's, talked to, he's, to, he's talking to. He's talking to a person that wanted to outdo him. So be careful who you reach out to when you're in a susceptible state, right? When you are in a weak state. Because if you hear the wrong voice, you might make a wrong choice. Right. Oh, that even rhymed. So if you hear the wrong voice, you will make a wrong choice. Not in my notes, by the way. But Genesis chapter 25 uh, and continue on with verse 30. He said to Jacob, Quick! You can hear them pulse on this, right? In uh, Esau's voice. He said, like, get what I want. He's a, he's a tough dude. He's just, Let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. So obviously, he's met with an offer right here. There's always going to be an offer on the table for you. All right? And we'll get into that later. There's always going to be a in front of you. And that can be so many things. All right, so, and I'm thinking, right? He's like, give me the rest. So he runs in, and I'm thinking, Esau, you're a hunter. You're hairy. You're scary. And Jacob is a cook. You know, you don't need to sell him anything. Just throw him across the room, you know. <laughs> Take the whole bowl. Take the whole pot of stew. But see, he's thinking illogically because he's in the susceptible state. He's in the weak state right now in mind. He doesn't think logically. He's not thinking straight. But, and I'm thinking, like, man, that, that just happens so many times. Remember last week I said, be careful, like, ladies. You know, if your husband comes in hungry, just feed him, and then he'll do anything for you after that. <laughs> but I love this. In the verse 32, notice how Esau turns from, his, uh, from this tough, hairy man, right? He's just a tough guy, into this drama queen. Genesis, with uh, verse 32, 25, 32. Look, I'm about to die. (laughs) Here he is, the tough guy saying that. And I'm like, come on, man. So, and then he says, What what good is that birthright to me? I'm thinking this is my point number two, second warning. And I think that's where Snickers got their idea from: you're not yourself when you're hungry. All right. Verse 32. I based it off that. (laughs) Just I'm about to die. There's even the commercials. If you ever see a Snickers commercial, uh, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Uh, look it up tonight. That may help you solidify this word of the Lord. Uh, but that's my warning to Beware you're not yourself when you're hungry. In other words, you get into exaggerated emotions when you're in a weak state. Mm-hmm. So don't go around too hungry like uh, Esau did because that's when he, co- he was compromised, during hunger. And when anybody wants to go on a diet, or anybody plans to, any nutritionist will tell you, right, that it's a bad idea to starve yourself um, if you want to lose your weight, lose that weight, because you know you skip breakfast, you skip lunch, and then when the evening hits, like nine o'clock, you know you'll hear that calling from the fridge, <laughs> and it won't be broccoli; it'll be briars probably, Hagen That's my favorite ice cream now thanks Robert I'm trying to get out of it <laughs> so be aware of a quick fix that is available when you're hungry and I hope you understand that we're not talking about physical hunger right now okay we're talking about when our spirit is empty when we don't have the Lord in our lives so I'm using the food as an analogy to talk about the state of our heart all right and the spiritual condition of our souls and when we are in that state, we make bad decisions when we are spiritually empty. And I can go back in my life so many times and just remember time and time again where I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have done that if I was in the middle of listening worship music. <laughs> and you look back. Um, but I'm thinking right now, there's no excuse for us to be spiritual malnourished. to weaken. you can pull out our phone, right? You can re-listen to our podcast. You can listen to any other sermons that are, you know, there's top preachers out there. You can have a, you pull out your phone and listen to the Bible app on your phone. You have like a British person read it to you in a soothing voice. I mean, it's all available, right? You can have a snack in your back pocket, really. That's what I'm going to call it. Just remember that image. You have that Bible app. You have literally a snack in the back pocket. So Esau comes uh, goes out, you know, hunting, but he wasn't prepared. He didn't pack a snack. And I believe there's absolutely no excuse for us to be spiritually and malnourished. And you don't have to go around starving. Because think about it, right? Because faith comes from hearing, hearing comes from the Word of God. And I'm thinking, what happens with Esau happens with us. You know, we receive the Word of the Lord on Sunday, all right? It happens to me, believe it or not. <laughs> and you think, oh, Vic, you're preaching. Oh, it, it does to every one of us. So our spiritual hunger makes us you know, makes impulsive decisions when we're not filled with the Lord. And so we receive the word on Sunday, and then, like, by Wednesday, we're just falling apart. Like, what's going on? And next thing you know, you're, like, snapping at your children, snapping at your wife. So next time, just pay attention. Just pay attention through the week this time around. Be like, okay, how am I doing? What am I putting into my body? Now, what am I putting into my spiritual body? All right? So, and that's what happens with people, right? When they, um, when they are not filled with the Lord, they go around hungry, and then they make irrational decisions in that state when they're weak. And so that's why people sometimes, they're looking for love. You know, people, you, you probably have so many stories you have about your, some of your friends that have been looking for love, like, one day I'm going to get married. But then they're looking at, in all the wrong places, you know, they go to the club or something like, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to find some love. You know, it smells like they're hungry, right? And it smells like, smells good. S- seems like this is where I might find love. It could be other thing, right? And then they hook up, and, but then they're drinking out of, out of a dirty pond, which they feel like, seems like that's love. But really, that's not it. Because the true source of love is God, right? Only through him, only him guiding you, you're able to find what your heart desires, so here we have the situation, right? Esau, Jacob. Esau is just hungry and he's about to give up everything for what seems good at that moment, just that instance. Don't go around hungry. Say that to your neighbor. Say, don't go around hungry. Yeah. And I was thinking also, you know, it's, it can be hard to honor God who you cannot see when you have this bull in your face. Anyway, ever been, any of you guys been this hungry where you're just like, anything sounds good? Yeah. And so, almost everything smells good when you're hungry. If you get you know hungry enough, you'll start craving things that you've never craved for before. You're just like, wow. I just a cup of noodles just hits the soul. I love cup of noodles. All my references are going to be about what I like. <laughs> like, I'd kill somebody for a Brussels sprout. So, I'm... Uh, People say, you know, I- I'm never going to get married, you know, things like that. I'll never be able to get this right. I'm not going to be able to start my business. Uh, it can be anything that you just start hearing that when you're walking, when you're in that s- susceptible state, you'll hear that voice that is just like, ugh, you suck. You're not good at this. You're not good at that. And um, and so what happens is since when people can't find that, they'll they'll settle for something less that seems like that's good, seems like it smells all right, but... I want us today to remember this phrase, walk away from the bowl, all right? Bowls, all sorts of bowls. I brought this for just an illustration. It seems like it clicks. Every time I heard a preacher preach before and I saw them holding something, it really got stuck in my brain. So hopefully, I mean, maybe that that just works for me, but I want to share that today. Just keep looking at that bowl. (laughs) So walk away from the bowl. It smells only good, but you're about to eat junk food. So Jacob's like, I'll give you my inheritance. Uh, He tells Jacob, I'll give you my inheritance for a bowl of stew. I would have understood that if it was extra chunky, I guess. But uh, beans for your birthright, right? What a bad idea. And um, you, you know with food, what happens when you eat junk food. I mean, we understand that when we replace something. You drive by, you're like, oh, man, Taco Bell sounds good. And then... You will later face the consequences of it. Um, and people do that with anything. Like, I need to have the latest phone. Never mind the fact that I, I'm in the credit card debt right now. They're like, I got to have the latest phone. And so it's the smallest decisions in our lives that I realize that cause the long-term effects. It's the small things, really. Uh, bad habits. You know, they talk about, you know, with children, uh, like you teaching your children habits early, brushing your teeth and things like that. Because later on, they just get stuck with those ideas. So it's early on to pick up, to realize that in our life and in our spiritual, most important thing, it's the smallest decisions that we make that cause a long-term effect on our soul. So be cautious with that. So a lot of times, that immediate need starts to feel urgent. Um, When our life is empty and we allow people to fill our bowls with whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. It could be Anything. And, and I was thinking all Esau needed was just one friend right there to tell him, hey, man, I understand your mom may be not liking you as much, as she likes Jacob, but I'm sure she won't deny you of a meal. Yeah? And a lot of times we actually, God will place somebody in our lives that will give us, it's that silent voice, it's a still small voice, the Holy Spirit warning you, hey, you should probably not do that. I'm glad I listened to a couple of those voices because, I, I nearly got married to a wrong person. I'm serious. I'll be transparent. It's that small voice sometimes. It's in the voice of your loved one. It could be a, lo- a voice of your father, your mother. And I'm thinking, man, I was this close. But, but I look at the kind of a long-term effect it would have had on my life. I don't know if I would be here preaching right now, sharing, or being able to minister as much as I do or to fulfill what I wanted in my heart all along is to serve God. If I... Made a wrong decision, so think of that. The littlest decisions cause long-term effects. All right, so walk away from the bowl. And I'm thinking, you know, perhaps somebody here, maybe trading their birthright you know, for temporary satisfa- satisfaction. And um, look at that second part of that verse, right in Genesis 25:34. Uh, he said, "He ate and drank, and then got up and left." I'm, I'm not sure if it's referencing to the beans that he ate, but, I mean, he said he got up and left real quick. But look at this. as a, It doesn't even say he enjoyed it. It, it. That's it. He got up and left. He ate. So he, and then it says, so Esau despised his birthright. It's not even like, that's it. Done. And I want to bring to our third point. This is our last one. Be, beware to give up most for what you want now. All right, and I've said that before, but here's what happens with Esau, um, and that happens with a lot of Christians today. Sadly, you know they give up their legacy, their integrity, their values to fit in with the world, and I don't, I don't believe that is the right way. We should not be fitting. It should be the world should be looking up to us, as church, for so many things. So be beware to give up your integrity. Beware to give up what God has placed in you that makes you so unique because we're not of this world, amen? 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, I love this. It says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And to again, to go back, it's like, hey, everything that this world offers is not that good. It's going to pass away. That bull isn't going to satisfy it. You might be saying, you know, Vic... This message, while relatively entertaining, may not apply because I don't have a birthright. <laughs> I knew that was coming honestly in my head as I was working through this, um, but I want to tell you today, and I want us to walk away with it that we do have a birthright, all right? Every believer has a birthright. First Peter, chapter one, starting with verse three. First Peter, chapter one, verse three to four. I'm proving it to you guys we. Have- we have a birthright praise be to god the father of our lord jesus christ in his great mercy he can give us new birth into living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead verse 4 and in, and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade this inheritance is kept in heaven for you it's not what this world offers this stuff that doesn't fade away. This stuff is real, all right. It's not just temporary satisfaction. Church, look, look to your neighbor. Say it like an attorney with confidence. Say, you have an inheritance. Say, it like a, 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 a yeah, say more confidence. Say, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. Amen. Amen. You're a child of God. Amen. <laughs> we have birthright inheritance. There's things that God has placed. For every one of us that have our names specifically on it. Like, Lord has blessings for you, for you, for you, Matt, for you, Michael, for you, Ross, Vic, Pastor Mark. Everybody's got an inheritance from the Lord. We have a birthright. Amen? He gives us things like peace, joy. You know, there's a, you ever hear people say, devil's trying to take my joy away. Or devil's taking my joy away. Or devil's taking my peace away. You know, it always bothered me because God gave that to you. The devil can't take that away. He can try, but he can't. That's your inheritance. That is your blessing. All right. First John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Okay, God gives us that peace, right? No one can take that away. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Again, the Lord is like, I'm leaving you guys things that this world is craving for okay? They're trying to achieve things and people are like, yeah, I got the status, but these people are empty. And you look at it like, why is this person who was so filthy rich, and then the next thing you know, he committed suicide? God gives us all these blessings that, that are priceless. Peace, joy, love. Look at this, 1 Peter 1.8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Let me read one more. Just, just, just take the bowl out of your heart and just receive that. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Love this passage. Will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Peace of God. God gives us peace that transcends all understanding. This world doesn't get it. Another translation says, right? Peace of God is illogical. It doesn't make logical sense to a lot of people how you could be in your situation right now. You may have lost somebody, you may have just lost your job, but you have this peace, and you're like, God, you give me this joy. I know that everything's gonna be all right. No one can take that away from you. I want us to change that phrase. The devil is not taking our joy, it's in you. Amen. You can have joy and peace in the middle of a raging storm, uncertainty, whatever, coronavirus, any virus. You know, there's been so many viruses in all this in past history. Do not be afraid. You can have peace and joy. Amen? Yeah. And I'm thinking some of us are just eating beans for breakfast, really. And uh, he, and I'm thinking, you know, dough cannot take away your joy. But if he can get you to eat some of that grumpy soup in the morning... Pull out your Facebook app first thing in the morning, Instagram, whatever. And you're like, oh, and you're feeling it. And you're thinking, like, why do I feel so weak for the rest of the day? Why am I feeling so unpleasant? What are we, what are we putting in ourselves? Amen? And <laughs> you you open up your phone, right? And you get all these experts. Isn't that incredible? Jesus is like the true expert about everything because He created us, He knows us. But You look at these experts, new COVID cases, Donald Trump is bad, and and it's feeding you. Stock markets will crash. The world's going to end. And I'm challenging you, you know, maybe for this season, if you need to delete certain apps. I'm not telling you to toss your phone. No, it's a bad idea. (laughs) You got to make sure your loved ones reach you, okay? But delete some of these apps. And I really, I challenged myself to do that. And I'm like, wow, I have so much peace. I have so much joy. I'm, I'm, I'm popping the, the first thing I do now, and I say it to myself, because I used to do that, pick up my phone, especially get these notifications like the latest news, breaking news. And now I pick up my phone, and I hear that voice saying, what am I putting myself, what am I seeing first thing when I get up? Nowadays, a lot of times, it's Ryan. I, I wake up, I hear something, his little face right in my face. <laughs> I always go back to bed. Um... But that really challenged, you know, I I placed that challenge for myself. And I want to challenge you to do that today. What are you feeding yourself? And then you you notice yourself and you're just walking around just like, oh, my gosh, new cases. But nobody talks about recovery cases and things like that. I I want you to know that God gives you peace that transcends all understanding. You don't have to worry about anything because you're going to be all right. You're in God's hands. We're children of God. Amen? If you believe that, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Wrapping up here. Um... So every day, right, we have these bowls in our faces, these temptations. And we bring being led by our senses rather than our spirit. I'll bring an example because I like to bring more realistic examples about myself. I'm not afraid to bring myself to light because the moment you bring it to light, people understand. They're like, hey, you're just a sinner just like all of us. I want us to feel comfortable about that. But I remember I, I talked earlier about I, ha- I had some attitude issues you know like I I can snap if somebody really gets me I'm so calm calm and collective and then there's times where I can do it and I was driving I remember this is years back and like two kids are like one on skateboard one on the bike and they're driving and next thing you know they flip me off like for no reason I always wave to kids and I'm like and they're like I something got in me (laughs) some spirit. I break, slammed on my brakes, ran out of the car. As I'm running around the car, I realize I have this little fish. You guys know, for those that don't know, little fish represents your Christian? <laughs> Man, that was... And immediately, I was like, I was ready to, you know, lay it to these boys, and these kids. Like, not physically. I knew I'd probably go to jail for that. But, and I immediately... As re- Looping around the corner of the car, and my eye caught that little fish, and I was like, "God bless you." <laughs> and then I'm like, "You know, Jesus loves you, right? He died for your sins." Just walked away, and slammed the door, and just drove off. You know, Scripture says you know you should bring certain people to the fear of the Lord. I think I may have done that. <laughs> So just, uh, you know, but right there, it sounded good. It smelled right. It seemed like the right decision to do. I'm a man. You know, you're not, I'm going to stand up for myself. Yeah, but you let the Lord do that battle for you. But I'm glad I was able to catch myself, remember? You can catch that thought. we have been hearing that a couple of weeks ago. You can get caught by a thought. But the Lord is there always. All right? To rescue you. Just be, don't tempted. Oh, that smells good. Ah, oh, that decision. Or to tell somebody or stick it to them or send that text and put all caps on it. You know that you're screaming when you capitalize your whole text. So next time, just, just listen to that voice. Still small voice. I want to bring you to our last passage, right? Bowls uh, for birthrights. And I'm thinking we give up most, right, for what we want now. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to bring an example real quick. Actually, a scripture before the last one. Hebrews chapter 12. Um, it says, "See to it that no one falls short of grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many." Because we're also setting example. The moment you react like that, there's little children around you. They're watching, right? Verse 16. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau. This is Hebrews. This is New Testament. It's warning us about Esau. When you're walking around with godless. Without filled with the Lord, you're going to make some bad choices. Who for a single meal could uh, sold his inheritance rights and the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. The temporary pleasure, right? That causes us to make bad choices. Pivotal decisions, really. In Luke 15... There's a man that Jesus brings an example, right? It's a story about prodigal son. That a man had two sons. And one of them, the younger one, wanted his inheritance now. He's like, I need it right now. So he goes out, spends it all, eats all sorts of exotic beans. You know, had all the cash. Again, no infrastructure. Bad idea. Waste it all. But Luke 15, uh, with verse 16. Check this out. I want to read it from here. He longed to fill his stomach with pods... That the pigs were eating. So he spends it all here. He is watching these pigs. And now he's like, Those, that food sounds good. He's eating out of the same bowls as pigs are. But no one, gave, no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses. huh? This again, this is where we're talking about, right? Our identity in Christ. When you come to your senses. Just like Jacob. When he admitted who he was. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven. Verse 19, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he grew up and went to his father. Oh, sorry, he grew up. So he got up and he did grow up. That makes sense. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still long away. Now, guys, remember, this is, Jesus is bringing an example. This is us. All, a lot of us spend our lives on empty things. Things that don't honor God. Things that we've just wasted time sinning and things like that. But I love this. But while he was still long away off, his father saw him. And it was filled with compassion for him. Man, that always brings me to tears, this passage. So powerful. He ran to his son. <laughs> you know, say, so God will meet you halfway through. Man, God is just always welcoming me with his loving arms. But look at this. So the father is running to the son threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against the heaven, against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, which represented authority, you know, and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. Bring Bessie, the one that's grass-fed, and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For his son of mine was dead and he is alive again he was lost and is found so they began to celebrate so i'm thinking all this is great so this is a great moment but man the son just took all the inheritance wasted all wasted it all right not fair that's not a good idea but look how his father responded right and i'm thinking lord but that's that's us we may have wasted our lives cutting corners like jacob We may have given up our identity in Christ. Like Esau for that temporary thing. Like, I gotta get that quick fix. I gotta get that. And we can end up like prodigal son, really. Just eating these bowls. You know, he tried everything. But then I came to this passage. Really, it just hit me so powerfully yesterday because I wasn't, I didn't get that until I lay down in my bed. Romans. 829, 829, and realize there's another firstborn. Because this is what happened with Esau, right? He couldn't get his birthright back. He couldn't undo it. But then Jesus comes into our lives, all right? Watch this, Romans 821. For those God for, uh, for new, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers and sisters that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters so god sends his jesus christ firstborn he is able to restore everything that you have lost and it doesn't matter god's years are different than our uh, in our time you know you think well i am a i'm past 30 i'm 40 i'm 60 but god can restore anything within a short time when you have him in his life people had all the years collecting a lot of things in their life statuses and things like that and images and then in the end just lost it all but when you have christ in your life nothing can shake you nothing can shake you so jesus is the firstborn who didn't take that bull he was tempted with all those things anger things whatever you may want it you know richness of glory but he's the only one that he didn't. The only one who can give us our birthright back. And he paid for it. He bled for it. So I am so thankful that the Lord really just took this passage and said, you know what, there is birthright. When we are believers and when we love the Lord, we have birthright in him. And if you haven't made that decision, clearly maybe, I, you know, I rarely ask this. We usually don't, but can we bow our heads together right now? And we're going to pray out loud together. So. But if you haven't consciously made that decision before, it's never too late. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to me. I'm accepting you, Lord, as the Lord of my life. Guide me. Direct me. I know that in your hands, I will be safe. I will be secure. With you, I will never be the same again. Hallelujah, and I accept you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you today.